Turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 37. Genesis, chapter 37. As you're turning there, what did the drummer name his triplet daughters? Anna 1, Anna 2, Anna 3. So a lot of people, you know, as you walk around, you, you know, you take notice of people. A lot of people pick their nose, and I don't get it. I was born with mine. Did you get to pick your nose? I didn't get to pick mine. Amen. So this morning, we're going to start a journey. Amen. This journey is in the life of Joseph, the son of Jacob. Now, Joseph's life is full of many, many ups and downs. And it's quite amazing when you actually sit down and study this life. During his life, Joseph, he had to deal with many, many things. He had to deal with a Broken plans, broken dreams, a broken family, certainly a broken heart many, many times over, and a number of just unthinkable circumstances that he came up against. And as we go on this journey, and as we look at this incredible life, the life of Joseph, we're going to uncover many situations, many circumstances that that will mirror those same types of obstacles that we face today. That's one of the most amazing things about God's word, amen? We can read about lives that lived, you know, 3,000 years ago, but yet the circumstances that they encountered mirror the same circumstances that we face today. And it's my prayer that on this journey, that it will be just a powerful encouragement to each and every one of us. Amen? Now, the Bible is full of biographies. From Genesis, as we're looking here, all the way through to the end, we see tons of biographies. Now, these biographies, they detail the lives of of, many of our uh, uh, Bible characters that we're very familiar with, from Adam to Noah, uh, Joshua, to Moses, to the Apostle Paul, you know, the 12 apostles. You know, we see biography after biography listed in the Word of God. And these accounts, you know, they, they teach us. And they teach us a variety of different truths that we are to take and we are to apply them to our daily walk each and every day. Amen? Apply all these truths to our daily walk. They're a powerful way, you know, for for God to really to get us to look in that spiritual mirror. Amen? God uses these biographies to help to get us to look in that spiritual mirror and take account of our own lives. See what they went through. And it mirrors a lot of things that we encounter. And as we go on this journey with Joseph, we're going to see how his life will speak volumes to us. 
Genesis chapter 37. Let's start picking up right in verse 1. Genesis 37, verse 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad rapport of them to his father. Now Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic, a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Skip down to verse 18. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into, uh, into some pit. And we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his coat, the coat of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. And there was no water in it. Now, before we really dig into the meat of this passage, I want to highlight some extremely important verses that, that God gives us in the Word of God. Go to Romans chapter 15, verse 4. It's going to help us understand, not just as we study the life of Joseph, but, but studying the Bible uh, in general. Romans 15.4, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So God is telling us here for whatever things were written before, what does before mean? He's talking about in the Old Testament, before we read here in the New Testament. All the things that were written before, all the things that we read in the Old Testament so why did God give us the Old Testament? Well, in this verse, it gives us two reasons. First and foremost, he says they were written before for our learning. Amen? So first and foremost, God gives us the Old Testament as a learning book. Amen? It's a history book. It's a literature book. Um, it's a book of poetry. So God gives us the Old Testament first and foremost for learning. 
that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might also have what? Hope. Amen? So God gives us it for learning and also for hope. Now, when we think about hope, is hope for our past? Can't hope about the past, right? Is hope for our present? Hope is always for what? Our future. Amen? So it's for our present learning and the hope for our future. We've been given the Old Testament to teach us, to to reveal truths about God, about life, about the origins of life. We find all those things in the Old Testament, as well as to encourage us, amen, about our future. And when we're looking at the life of Joseph, we're going to see that we're going to find both. We're going to receive instruction. It's going to teach us. It's going to, you know, it's going to let us learn in our present lives, but it's also going to encourage us for our future as well. Amen? It's going to teach us. It's going to give us learning for our present lives as well as give us learning or, or encouragement of uh, future hope. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to look at two verses here, verse 6 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 and 11. Verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Skip down to verse 11. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So we see two phrases in both of these verses. These things. What things? What are these things? All the things that we read in the Old Testament. All the biographies about the lives of those who lived before us. These things. Why did God give us these things? He tells us two reasons. First is for examples. Amen. God tells us about the lives of those who lived before us as examples for us to read about. Examples for us to take from their lives and apply to our lives. And secondly, for admonition. What does admonition mean? Admonition is just another word for warning. Amen? God gives us those lives as examples and also to warn us. All these biographies tell us, you know, about these these men and these women who lived before us. And they're given to us as examples in order to teach us, to instruct us, to give us hope for our future, and also to warn us. Amen? To warn us. So now that we know why God has given us these biographies that that we're looking at in the Old Testament, let's go back to uh, Genesis 37. Let's go back to our original text. So Genesis 37, verse 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph. Now there's a couple things we need to take note of. Jacob was Joseph's father. And we see here it says, this is the history of Jacob, but how many sons does it list? 
Amen. We know he had other sons, as we read here in these verses, but it, it just lists one of his 12 sons, Joseph. So now the next 14 chapters in the book of Genesis, starting at Genesis 37, the next 14 chapters, God details the life of his son, Joseph. Now, we think about 14 chapters in the Bible. These 14 chapters cover more space in the book of Genesis than the lives of Adam, Noah, and even Abraham. God dedicates more space in his word for the life of Joseph than even the life of Abraham. Joseph's journey starts here at the age of 17, as we're told. And it ends in chapter 50 when he's 110. Now, we need to understand that if God details that many chapters for one life, when God dedicates that, many, that much space in his word over one person, one life, then we need to understand that he wants to teach us, he wants to encourage us, and he has some things that he wants to warn us about. Amen. We can be rest assured we're going to get all three of those as we look in the life of Joseph. He wants us to apply these things, you know, that he told us about in the New Testament. Apply these things in our life to give us hope in our time of difficulty. Amen. These lives, the life of Joseph is given to us as an example to teach us, to instruct us, to encourage us, and to warn us. Verse 2. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brings a bad rapport of them, his brothers, to his father. So... God gives us a, a little more insight into, the, into Joseph's family structure, his family life, how his, how his family is set up. Bilhah and Zilpah, wives of his father, Jacob. Joseph gives a bad rapport of, of their sons to his father. And in verse 3, calls his, God calls his name. It says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Israel is just another name for Jacob. Amen. God changed Jacob's name to Israel back in chapter 32. Uh, some of you may remember the account where uh, Jacob wrestled with God. And God touched his hip, knocked his hip out of joint. He had a permanent limp the rest of his life. Then he changed his name to Israel. Now, going back to his original name, the name Jacob... It's actually more fitting for this man than Israel. The name Jacob literally means deceiver or trickster. Deceiver or trickster. And as we, you know, as we dig into his life, we're going to see that, you know, that name was absolutely way more fitting. Now, to understand Joseph's current relationship with his brothers, and as we see, it's not very good, was it? Not good at all. To understand that relationship... We need to understand the kind of father that Jacob is to his children, to his sons. 
Now, as a father, Jacob, we're going to see, is most often way too busy for his family, too busy for his sons. He was too preoccupied with with other matters. He was unconcerned with what was going on in his own family, in his son's lives. And he was way too passive as a father. And we're going to see all these things, how they affected the life of Joseph, how they affected the lives of, of, of his brothers. And here in chapter 37, Jacob is, is, is an older man at this point. This is partly why you know, he loved Joseph so much. The Bible tells us here that he was the son of his old age. Let's get back up a couple chapters. Chapter 30. Go back to Joseph's birth. Let's start there. Get a little more insight. Genesis chapter 30, verse 22. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived, and she bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. So Rachel, Joseph's mother, she'd been barren for many, many, many years. And in Bible times, for a woman to be barren, for a woman to be childless, is, as the Bible says here, reproach. They were looked at and looked down upon. It was, it was almost a disgrace for the woman, as well as her husband, to be childless. And even more so, as she watched Bilhah and Zilpah and her sister Leah bear Jacob children. They all bore him children, and she was barren. And yes, Jacob was married to Rachel's sister, Leah. (laughs) Men, think about that one. Wrap that around your head for a little bit. Married to sisters. So, now how Jacob ended up marrying Leah is actually quite ironic, especially when you consider what his name means, deceiver or trickster. Jacob came upon a man named Laban. And Laban had two daughters, Rachel and Leah, and Jacob fell in love at first sight. He fell head over heels for Rachel. So he makes an agreement with Laban to work for him for seven years, hard labor. It's not easy work being a shepherd. Um, So he agrees to work for Laban for seven years in order to have permission to marry Rachel. On their wedding night... Laban kind of pulls a fast one on Jacob. Laban gives him Leah instead to marry. So Jacob, still in love with Rachel, makes another agreement with Laban to work another seven years in order to marry Rachel. And in that meantime, Leah bore Jacob seven children, six sons and a daughter named Dinah. So let's kind of recap for a second. Jacob is married to sisters Rachel and Leah. Leah's given birth to seven children. 
But Rachel is completely barren. She's childless. Now, if that is not a fuse that's set for a, you know, a family rivalry, I don't know what is. Rachel then prays and she pleads to the Lord to open her womb. As we read here, God answers her prayer and she conceives and she bears a son named Joseph. Now, Jacob, now up in years, loving Rachel more than Leah, you know, he's on cloud nine. This is what he was been waiting for. Amen. He now decides it's perfect time to return back to his father's land, the land of Canaan, the promised land. You know, at this time, he was not in Canaan. He was outside of Canaan. But he decides now he has a son with Rachel. It's now time to go back to Canaan, the promised land, the land of his father. He had put in 20 years of hard labor for Laban. 20 years, hard labor. So let's kind of jump ahead into that journey as it's far from a peaceful one. Let's go to Genesis chapter 34. Remember, Leah had a daughter named Dinah. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and he lay with her and he violated her. Skip down to verse 5. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. Now his sons were with uh, his livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. Jacob held his peace. Dinah's own father. What did he do? Nothing. Now once her brothers hear what happened... They immediately plan and sent out to avenge her. They set a trap, and they end up killing all the men of Shechem. And they plunder the land, and they take spoils from all of Shechem as punishment for violating their sister, Dinah. Now, what do you think a father's response would be after that? Skip down to verse 30. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, Simeon and Levi were the actual two that went out and slaughtered the men of Shechem. Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. Jacob was more concerned with his social status, more concerned with his public image than with the dignity of his own daughter. 
but the troubles are still far from over. Skip to chapter 35 real quick. Skip down to verse 16. Then they journeyed from Bethel. And when they were but a little distance to go to Ephrata, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now remember when she bore Joseph. She said she would call his name Joseph for God would give her another son. And here we see that here she was with child, and now she's going into very, very hard labor. Verse 17. Now it came to pass... When she was in hard labor, that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. And so it was as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Onai, but his father called him Benjamin. Jacob had worked 20 hard years to finally get his wife. He patiently waited even more years to finally get his son with Rachel. And now, just as she was giving him a second son, Rachel dies. And that just a short time after his daughter Dinah was raped and violated. Now, as if that's not enough, skip down to verse 22. And it happened when Israel, Jacob, dwelt in that land that Reuben, that's one of his sons, went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. And Israel heard about it. Period. You see what we're reading here? Israel heard about it. And then period, that was it. Nothing else happened. He does nothing once again. The picture is becoming a lot more clear now as to why Joseph and his brothers had a relationship that they had. A lot of things were coming much more clear as we look at this family. So in all this, you know, just remember four names. Leah, she had seven children, six sons and a daughter, Dinah. Rachel, she had two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. Bilhah had two sons, and Zilpah had two sons. Add up the boys, and these are the 12 sons of Jacob, 12 sons of Israel, these are the patriarchs of the 12 tribes of Israel. Their namesake still stand today, with the exception of a couple changes that God made because of bad behavior. Amen. But we still have the 12 tribes of Israel after the sons of Jacob. So let me close with a, a few important points. There were four women that bore Jacob children, and not just one, four. Even more concerning was how passive Jacob was as a father. 
his wives rivaling each other in childbirth, he does nothing. His daughter is violated. She's raped. He does nothing. His son sleeps with one of his wives. He does absolutely nothing. Jacob's passive attitude has had a devastating effect on his entire family. Now, we've looked at just a few of these consequences this morning. There's a whole lot more to come. Jacob's lack of action, his, his passive nature, has caused major resentment in his children. Of resentment that just runs absolutely deep into the darkest pits of sheer hatred. Amen? Eleven sons... Raised carefree without correction. Eleven sons raised in a home where they were second-rate citizens compared to Joseph. Eleven sons raised in a home full of partiality. A father that openly loved one son above all the others. Going back to chapter 37, verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Jacob made no attempt to put his partiality towards Joseph. He had made no attempt to hide it from anybody, including his other sons. He openly loved Joseph over all of his other children. And then we read that, that he gives Joseph this coat of many colors. What did his brothers get? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. What's the result? Verse 4. But when his brothers saw that his father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Just sheer resentment and a deep hatred. So, moms and dads, as you know, we start to look and we take this journey into the life of Joseph, God is going to speak volumes to us. He wants to teach us, He wants to, to warn us about how to raise our children. We cannot be passive dealing with them. We cannot raise them without rules and without boundaries. We cannot raise them in a home without godly standards, without godly values. And we absolutely cannot ignore issues and circumstances, sweep them under the rug, and not expect massive consequences. Amen? When issues and circumstances arise, we have to address them on the spot. We can't sweep them under the rug and hope they just go away. Our children and their future absolutely depends on it. It's up to us as parents. We have to set the example, and not just set that example, but most importantly, We have to live that example in front of them.